This episode is sponsored by Realtor.com, who wants you to take advantage of your free profile on Realtor.com. By claiming and completing your free profile, adding a photo, and all of the information that puts you head and shoulders above the competition, you're on your way to receiving free leads, helping search engines find you, and staying top of mind with past clients. To learn more about claiming your free profile, go to realtor.com forward slash profile. Welcome to the Real View podcast, where Ohio realtors connect you to innovators and influencers, keeping you with the real view of real estate. Whether you're a broker, agent, first time home buyer, industry leader, or just happen to stumble upon our podcast today, you can expect to hear tips, tools, tricks, interesting information, and so much more from the experts in Ohio's real estate game. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Real View Podcast. I am your host, Allison Wiley. Joining me today is Jeff Loeb. He is the founder and CEO of Spark Tank Media. He is an international speaker and sales coach, and he has been a realtor for over 30 years. He has more than 10 years of experience in the sales management fields, both with Fortune 500 companies and startup ventures. He is also joining us at convention, and if you are listening to this podcast today, he's going to be speaking to you all today on September 12th at 10.15 about chat GTP. And we know this has been a hot topic, something that's been in the news, been in our circles of influence, and he is going to tell us all about it uh, here on the podcast today, as well as at our convention. Jeff, welcome onto the show. We're really excited to have you. Thank you. My pleasure. It's always um, it's always great to be on live, sharing some of the good stuff that's happening in our real estate world because it's changing very, very quickly. So always excited to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. And we're excited to have you and to be uh, hearing, you know, from your perspective and your experience, what is all happening in this world. So, so much to talk about. But before we dive into today's topic, I want to hear a little bit more about you and your background story. Um, Tell us about your career journey, you know, being involved in real estate and what's led you to where you are today. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a journey. It seems like it's been a while. I've got a few extra gray hairs to show proof of my journey, but it started really young. I was 19 years old, like 1988. So that's going to show my age real quick right there. (laughs) Got my license, you know, and I had this this big dream of being this, um, you know, investor entrepreneur. That was like the, the big thing back then. And there was tons of infomercials in those days about, you know, flipping properties and it, it, you know, drew me in. However, I was always that person that kind of fit the sales model. I was willing to talk to anybody. Nothing really intimidated me much at then. I mean, I was younger too, so I had no bad habits. And fortunately, I had a really good mentor early on. And back then I wore the mustard gold jacket very proudly. I joke around on stage and say I look like Doogie Hauser coming down the street, like in a in like a beacon with this gold jacket on. And I learned how to knock on doors because that's really all we had. I farmed, I talked to people, I stayed out of the office most of the time. But I think the biggest lesson I could say, like coming out of that, because I could really reflect back on it, was learning the difference of being proactive and reactive in real estate. And my broker that took me under the wing saw the level of energy I had, showed me the simple ropes of core basics of going to talk to people. And when I would come in on the weekends after like sweating out, I used to be down, it was down the Jersey Shore. I sold real estate initially. And he would tell me, he'd say, come here, I want to show you something. He showed me these two gentlemen. They were a little older gentlemen and they were sitting in the front office. And he says, 
look what they're doing. They're sitting there at the front desk. I don't know what's that called, the uptime floor time. He's like, but what are they doing? Not, not much. They're doing crossword puzzles and like flicking through an MLS book. And they're like, exactly. They're waiting for something to happen. So I, I didn't even know how that worked at the time. So I go, so I just asked a simple question. I go, what happens if the phone doesn't ring? He goes, exactly. Phone doesn't ring, you get nothing. He just made that point really clear. And that always stuck with me is I never wait for anything. I move fast. And it's always about how do we find ways and new strategies to find new business all the time. And that's where, as I built my career, I got very tactical in my ways. I'm more of a tactical person. So I teach it when we're going to talk about ChatGPT and stuff. It's not about the app or the technology. It's always how do I use this stuff to go make some money a little bit differently than what I tried before. And we'll get to all of that. But I started there early. I got caught up in the, the real estate world for a while. I did eight years of commercial brokerage. I then got sucked into the dot-com boom. If, uh, if This is going to go back when like AOL was a thing. <laughs> yep. America. And, you know, some of us, some of the audience may be like, I don't know what the hell AOL is. But I got recruited heavily into a sales role for not only the internet companies that were being born, the big ones like the Verizons of the date when they were Verizon was your mobile phone going to data. And I got caught up in a corporate sales environment for 10 years while I kept my real estate investments going. But it gave me a level of experience of managing salespeople, educating them, riding with them, account executives, being out in the field, face-to-face with people. And we did that for 10. I wrote it through the dot-com bust where everyone lost everything, including myself. Imagine having a million shares of stock in a startup company and it busting. Nothing worth zero. So we lived through the pains. I jumped right back into real estate and I learned how to be more of an entrepreneur. That gave me the foundation to build my own team, build my own business. I then evolved into buying brokerages from a franchise brand. We ended up with four or five in one particular market. Taught me some lessons in the brokerage space. And then I was kind of recruited up the channel by that franchise brand to be their head of VP in tech and marketing for the company itself, US and Canada. And we had about three to 400 offices, built to 800 offices across the country. And it was that time that gave me a lot of face time to get on stages and in front of people to start talking about how do we make money in this business? And that was a launching pad for me. So I started my company after I left them. And here we are today, big training coach agents. We do have a lot of mortgage clients as well, as well as the title industry. And everything is always about how do we evolve to make more money and make our lives better, period. So it's been a journey. It's 36, seven years maybe. And I enjoy it because I get to help people who actually want to be better. You said a word that I really think is important and that's evolve. And that's the basis of what we're going to be talking about is the evolution of this world of AI and of chat GTP and what that looks like and how, you know, we can really harness that and use it as a tool to make more money, as you said. And I think that was the perfect way to describe that. But I think we should maybe start at the beginning, you know, with chat GTP. What is it and why is it so important? And can you share a little bit of the backstory on ChatGTP, where it came from? Because AI is not new, right? Like we've been all using AI in some form or another, you know, probably for a few years now. ChatGTP specifically, what is it? Why is it so important? And, and what's its story? ChatGPT has been around in companies for a long time. Some of it, even early days, were called machine learning. And it was just computers getting smarter and smarter with more power to start to figure out and navigate things and do predictive. We heard the term predictive analytics, predictive data, you know, maybe eight, 10 years ago. 
And that data still exists, like predicting who's getting ready to sell, predicting who's getting ready to make a move. So predictive data was machine learning, the chat GPTs with OpenAI and Bard by Google. All these companies just had finally the algorithms to start to communicate better in human terms, not going to replace humans by any means. And we're going to talk about that. But it also gave us the ability to have way more massive search than what Google can do. Way more functionality for the things that we may not be good at. Like I know in my real estate career, I was really good at like getting listings in front of people and my passion, but ask me to write a description or something about something. I was horrible. I had the same three adjectives that I used throughout the whole thing. And I was really terrible at it. Horrible. Should never ever did it, but we had no choice. We had to do it all ourselves. It's evolved as a technology and it's only really just beginning. And people don't even know what that means because they think it's pretty cool now. I try not to put myself into a tech box because I'm not like some techie, but I'm a techie enough to know how to use it in a sales arena because everything comes back to a sale. You have to sell something. Everything, we don't make money unless we sell something and no company makes anything until a sale happens. So we have to always figure out how do we apply it into the things that's going to help enhance or evolve. I like that word evolve too. Your business. We could spend hours sitting on courses or everyone now is, for some reason, if you use ChatGPT for like two or three months, you're now a guru at it. And there's gurus with courses and there's gurus with everything to sell you under the sun. I just like to kind of share the things that are working. And we test a lot of it with our coaching clients. So while, yeah, coaching is not only a one-way street, it's two ways. We're going to test ideas. We're going to test things you never tried. We take those results and then we figure out how to do it better. and. Remember, it's it's always a little thing that you tweak that makes the biggest difference. That technology is giving us a lot more power to save us a lot of time. And that's that's going to be the goal we're going to talk about at our live event. And we're going to get really granular, real examples. Here's how to say it. Here's what we tried and didn't work. I'd rather know sometimes what didn't work because I want to know why that didn't work too. We're practitioners. And I know most audiences that we speak to want the nuggets of like, just tell me, tell me the bottom line. What do I need to do? Why should I do it? And tell me what to avoid. You know, this market's a challenge. So we've got to leverage everything we've got. Yeah, absolutely. And you said so much there that I think is important that there are ways that we should be using it, but there are also ways that we shouldn't be using it, which I think is important to know. And especially for people who may be afraid of it or who are worried about what using it might do. Are we all going to become robots? going to replace our jobs. And you mentioned, you know, in the beginning that this isn't going to replace real estate and brokers uh, in the real estate profession, but there is a way that we can indeed use this to make us better and make more money, which I think is really exciting and cool. And I know we're going to dive into more on your session, but for our listeners that are listening to the show today, I would love to hear maybe some of the top way or two that you are seeing agents utilizing this and really making it an asset to their everyday business. I had the pleasure of just getting off a call recently, preparing to do some stuff at um, an Inman conference. And I'm hosting a top producer panel of people who are using this product or these products. And we were just coming up with the strategies that they're doing, that I'm doing. And I'll give you one or two of them. One is really simple is the terminology lead magnet, not often talked about much or taught much. We just talk about leads, like it's a Zillow lead, a realtor.com lead. Well, Zillow has been using AI for a long time. They've been using AI when they had Zillow offers. They were doing AI comparing the cost of a house to the materials of the house. Like they all always had it. But in this case, 
How do we create and change the way leads come to us? So the number one simplest thing to think about is if you want to capture leads, leads are people, leads are humans, and they are always driven by curiosity, just like we are. And I say jokingly to like an audience of say real estate agents or who's listening right now. If I said, I want to give you the top five chat GPT strategies that are working right now that'll generate you 10 more leads a month. Here's my little button to click. Give me your name, email address and everything else. Would you download it? And if it was free, no charge, no webinar, no strings attached, do you want that information? And I bet you nine out of 10 that had an interest in that topic would download. That's a lead magnet. If I give you something of value, you'll give me something of value, which is your name and email address and to have it be accurate. So then I can communicate with you and nurture you into potentially a relationship. That's a magnet. So how do we now create lead magnets for the consumers when we want to capture their attention before they're getting ready to list their house? Like, I don't want them the day they're interviewing realtors. I want to catch them like six months in advance. I want to catch them before. What are they thinking about? What are they Googling? What are the free things they're looking for that we could be a value that I can give to them? They would give me information and get their information in a conversation to help them prepare to list their home. That's how we're going to capture listings because we have to answer all of their questions. You have to become almost the Google mindset of what they would Google, create the content, except now I don't have to create it because A, I told you I'm not good at it anyway. I shouldn't be. And then have ChatGPT create that information, tweak it to make sure, and this is important, that it's ethical. It's not saying words we're not supposed to say in the real estate world. And you got to make sure it also sounds like your voice, a little bit more like your voice. And then you create the lead capture for that. And simple, you capture it. Now, then what do you do with it? Then you can create 12 nurturing campaigns that in most cases, most CRMs, are great, but they have cookie cutter stuff. They have cookie cutter responses. I want custom responses. I want stuff that's going to get a response. ChatGPT can do all of that. If you ask it the right way, re-ask it a different way, you can take it to a few different levels and get the answer. And it creates it all for you to nurture into conversation. Then you need to do what you do best is have the conversations. So there's a handoff. I love what you said about making sure that it's in your voice. Cause I know in the times that I've experienced working with chat GTP and just, you know, experimenting with what it can do. And I had a friend of mine and she says, you know, I, I asked it to help me, you know, get out of my plans tonight. And she said, look what it wrote for me. And I said, yeah, but you would never talk like this. Like this would never be something that you, if you sent me this text, I would think you're kidnapped because you would never write like that. And so I think that is, you know, the thing to always keep in mind. And you mentioned it, you know, just there is still that personalization aspect to it, you know, that's really gonna just take it to the next level. Yes, it's gonna probably spit you out, you know, some beautiful sentences and paragraphs that you can take and use right away, but still keeping it in that voice, I think is kind of the biggest thing or the biggest difference I see when it comes to humans versus robots, you know, when it comes to writing and in typing. Is that something that you found too? Yes, that's why I always have to tweak it in my way because if someone actually meets me, they'll know that that wasn't my, like I don't speak in that language. And maybe I just also want to use words that are more local to the community that it didn't describe properly or some data trends that it's trying to make it too complicated. I just want to make it sound like people love to talk about market reports and activity and trends, but then it sounds too data geeky. Like I just want to say, and here's what this means for you. And it means this in our language, right? 
there's so many cool things, but it takes a lot of the thought of things that we might not be good at to make us look really stellar and expert, even though you are an expert, but a better expert that you can now. And, and I remember when it's teaching you how to do that and you're learning it, you're also learning yourself too. Here's how I deliver a market trend report. Oh, I never thought of saying it that way. Oh, it's great because no one's taught it to you that way. You know, there's no classes that do that. This episode of The Real View is brought to you by the Ohio Association of Community Colleges. Ohio's network of community colleges provides accessible training that accommodates the busy lifestyles of aspiring real estate professionals at half the price of a traditional university. With convenient locations in every part of the state, as well as online options, Ohio's community colleges are your smart choice for pre-licensing education. For more details or to start the journey to a real estate career, visit the education page at ohiorealtors.org and then click on the pre-licensed course locations. You mentioned too, just the prompts and how to ask it, things to get the content that you want. Um, is there a way that we can give ChatGTP the right prompts or how should we approach asking it those questions so that it's generating the content that we're looking for? I see so many things and, I, and I'll probably say this live at the convention. No one needs a thousand prompts to do anything. Like you need probably a good critical like 10, 12 prompts for your business. That's how people are getting caught in with lead magnets, right? A thousand prompts to do this and you read it and you're confused as hell. But I think the most magic behind a prompt of how to ask it is how to re-ask it to get what you want. And then how to ask it for more details of what it gave you. And then how to get more details. Like you could almost go four layers of asking it and to get you like really good stuff. And most people don't go that deep by saying, okay, taking the results you just gave me, now give me this. And specifically give me something that's going to generate a response or an appointment or you can get real. And if it doesn't give it to you, re-ask it based on that stuff again. It learned what it told you. Now are you asking of what it told you to give you more? And I have a fun scenario. Like I asked it once to do some kind of a 12-month task. And it gave me like 12 good, good strategies, but it gave me like a sentence of each. Okay, out of the 12, 10 are pretty good. But now specifically, give me a more detailed paragraph with a minimum of 150 words that gives me the exact detail of how to execute each one of those. Boom. Now I got almost an ebook for crying out loud. And I just turn it into a PDF, which is now called the magic term of an ebook. You can have your own buyer's guides and community guides and the best restaurant guide in your town that'll tell you the restaurants by review so you don't even have to Google it anymore. You brand it to yourself because it's all public information. And now you've got content and expertise you never had before. That's really, you know, the great opportunity that exists within this is just the, the content generation that it can do in a matter of seconds. So that's kind of the positives and the plus sides and some of the opportunities that exist, you know, within chat, GTP for our industry. But what about the weaknesses? And you mentioned, you know, some of the things that we need to be aware of as far as, you know, the ethical issues, the the legal issues, what when it comes to the weaknesses or things that we should be aware of and how to stay away from any sort of negative things that can come out of this? Uh, what should we be aware of when it comes to that? We're, you know, in a regulated licensed business. So to me, the brokers and managers need to be most aware of paying attention. But that being said, 
each state has its own set of rules and laws, and then some are also governed by, you know, either NAR or countrywide. But there's a lot of changes that have taken place. There's just things we can't say anymore, things we can't ask anymore, things we can't describe the way we would describe it anymore. So chat GPT doesn't know that. AI doesn't necessarily know that yet. I mean, it could change, but it doesn't know that. So when it's describing things, and so many people just use it for property descriptions, and some now are integrated that it just does the description for you, which is awesome. It sounds great. But let's be honest. Sometimes agents, and I could say I'm one of them, don't pay attention to details. And be like, oh, this is awesome. Copy, paste, boom, done. And then all of a sudden, I get a letter from a board or someone who caught it saying, you can't describe this as that. That's unethical. Then here comes an ethics violation. And while it's pretty low key now, what I'm going to say is it's a little wild west. It's going to take a couple people that do something bad or just by error. There's going to be a couple lawsuits that fly, get a lot of attention, and then it's going to become a thing. Because as soon as people get sued for something and you're going to go, well, ChatGPT did it for me. No, it's your fault. You copied and pasted it. It's your content. That's going to happen. Someone's going to slap somebody's hand somewhere uh, or maybe more multiples. It just shouldn't be you because we're telling you about it here on your podcast. So. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, a, it's just one of those situations where it's like proceed with caution. You know what I mean? But absolutely, you're saying, you know, use this in your strategy. This is a good tool, but just be smart about it. And when in doubt, always double check what you're putting out there. That, that should just be, you know, a rule of thumb for anything that, that we're generating. <laughs> think. Yeah. <laughs> I still see it and I cringe when I see it because I'm like, how does this even happen? Yeah. So you mentioned too, we talked about, will it replace agents and brokers in the real estate profession? And this is something I think any of us who work in a content creation world is a little nervous about and, and might feel wary of what's ahead, you know, with this. Will it replace our jobs? You know, will we no longer be needed? And um, you mentioned, no, it won't. Um, could you elaborate a little bit more on um, why we are safe as an industry and why our skills as human beings are still going to be important regardless of the new technology? We've had a lot of technology changes. We've had the virtual tours come through that that was going to replace us. They don't need us to show homes anymore. We're going to be lockbox openers. We've heard all that. I can't tell you what's going to happen in the next 30 years, but I can tell you in the near future, the real estate transaction is an emotional process. And I usually ask people, and I, I love this question a lot because I've been through it recently myself. I'll say, has anyone that's been a licensed real estate agent ever purchased their own home, personal home for them or their families while you've been licensed? And when I get those, they go, yep, I did it. And I'll say, I don't know about you, but I was a hot mess. I don't care, 36 years or whatever experience, went out the door. I made mistakes. I thought way too emotional. I got caught up in every home inspection issue. And I'm thinking, we just go through this with clients. We're like, that's not a big deal. Here's how you fix it. And I was like, no, I was freaking out about certain things. And I made mistakes that I should have never made. Even with an attorney, a title company, and all that stuff too, still happens. Now imagine the typical consumer that's trying to get through the emotional process of this. And while, you know, you still always have your FISBOs, they can do it themselves and different markets will shift and things. We need We need a true advisor to take us through the things, to walk us through the steps. And while this might change the way I generate leads, it may change the way I post things and I engage with things or giveaways I do, but it's not going to replace the actual thing I do, which is help people through the process. That's the emotional part things can't usually fix just yet. Yeah, that human aspect is not going to be replaced 
And even in just the, some of the examples that we shared, it's still missing that human element. Element, And so much of what we do is that person to person and that relationship connection that's not going to go away, I think, because of this technology, at least maybe not right now and right away. But speaking about the future and what's to come, and you mentioned this is just in its infancy stages. You know, this is a baby. This just came out. And even when I was Googling and researching, you know, this morning to prepare for this, it said November 2022, this was launched. So that's not even a year old yet. And this is kind of taking the world by storm. And, and, you know, there's still so much left to come with this. What does the future look like for chat GPT and AI in general? What are some of the trends or some of the things that you're seeing that are up and coming or that we should, um, you know, kind of keep our eyes open for? I think it's going to really enhance and tie into search much better. So the search process will get much easier. An example, taking like two high-end technologies, take the virtual reality world of like the Apple products that are coming out for VR, taking the VR mentality. And let's just make this assumption. I have, and I hope the headset goes away. So but say I have the VR technology on and I'm previewing a home. And I say, I love this home, but can you simply find me other homes like this that have the same size pool with the same kind of kitchen with stainless steel appliances? And this is what I'm, and just tell it what you want. AI technology will filter that in a much creative way. And I think in the future, which is going to sound crazy, but I think it's going to be good for us, is as more data comes in about homes that are not just listed. Remember, if a home lists and sells, we still have that data 10 years from now. And it might still have a, a stainless steel kitchen and a cool kind of granite, theoretically, as long as it wasn't renovated. But my belief says, that this will be good for us to generate leads because if I say I'm I'm looking for a buyer or a potential buyer, I'm looking for someone that has a home that has this kind of pool and this kind of kitchen, show me all the homes in the area, even if they're not on the market that have those, then I can go prospect. And I think that's going to be a cool evolution of once that data gets aggregated is to, and skit learned, to show me homes I should go knock on their door or message to or reach out to by phone. So that's going to really, so search is going to change. Voice search is going to change using AI by just asking it and telling it just kind of like what Canva is doing now. You guys play around with Canva much? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know a lot of our members use that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the Canva AI stuff is just find me a photo that has a picture of someone wearing blue shirts and a family of three. Like it'll find that. So it's getting more visual. AI getting more visual will help us with search. And I think it'll even help us with prospecting. Yeah, a lot of good stuff to come. But, you know, as we mentioned before, always things to keep in mind as we experiment with new technology. Double check things, you know, make sure what you're sending out is true to yourself and and true to your brand and all of our ethics and things like that that we have to follow. Jeff, what would you say your best advice for us to start exploring this technology? How can we begin to familiarize ourselves uh, with this and learn more about AI in general? I think we just have to make a commitment to spend time playing with the technology and not just once or I tried it and it didn't work. You got to just be curious enough to keep trying things or attend sessions like ours that we're going to do. Get the nuggets. And then once you get that, continue to always think creatively. It was what if I asked it this? What if I wanted that? And too many of us just get, well, we all have it. It's like the Amazon effect. If we don't get what we want like now, we give up on it. And then we try so we get distracted. This is something you need to pay attention to and start to use more daily, especially in this. We were just chatting about this earlier is to me that 
ChatGPT app on my mobile phone, which is where I'm 95% of my time anyway, is way more robust, way more feature rich. And yes, I do pay the 20 bucks a month for the ChatGPT4 because it's way better, but it's also teaching us better ways to use it. Stay curious, make a commitment to just keep learning. I don't care what age you are. You're never too old to learn this. You're never too young to learn this because it's one of those things that's just going to keep evolving. At least you know the foundation of it. And there will be a time we'll go, remember when this thing came out, we thought it was the coolest thing ever. And now it's like something you have to, because if you don't, someone else will, and they'll do better than you in this business. And you'll simply phase to the back of the pile. And who doesn't want to save time? I mean, isn't that what we're all trying to do? You know, save time and be better and and definitely take the time to play around with it. I mean, I try to get on it, you know, pretty frequently myself just to ask it questions, you know, and and like you mentioned, the more you play with it, the more you work with it, the better you'll become at it, the more you'll learn kind of how to uh, utilize it to the best of what you need. But I don't think it's going anywhere. I think you agree with me, Jeff. Best to start familiarizing yourself with it and and seeing where it takes you because you never know. And you're going to, and look, have some fun with it too. I'll tell you one fun thing I'll share. A lot of kids online are buying kids' ebooks, right? E- digital ebooks, parents are buying them. So I said, joking, let's, let's write an ebook, right? So I said, just to give it some bizarre creative stuff, just to see what it could do. And I gave it some kind of a prompt, like something like this. It was act like a children's book writer and give me a book that helps people understand that they're different but could all get along together. But I wanted about a dog and a frog and I wanted to rhyme. And I just gave it a couple other things. And it was the coolest damn thing that came out. I was like, wow, it rhymes. It made people feel like they, you know, they look differently, but how do they interact differently? It was awesome. It came out, I don't know. And then it didn't give me enough the first time. So I asked it for more and I just did it. But it's how you ask it, right? The better you ask, the more details, and then the better way you re-ask it. Yeah, play around with it in your personal life too. That's that's another great bit of advice and a way way to learn this. If you're not quite comfortable using it in your business, ask it fun stuff like that. You know, it's it really is cool. The limit is non-existent to what it can come up with and produce for you. I mean, it can do just about anything you ask it to do, as you mentioned, as long as we're asking it in the right way. But this was so fantastic, Jeff. Thanks so much for sharing a little bit more. And we're so excited to hear you at your presentation here at convention really soon. So to all of our listeners, if you guys are listening to this in the morning at convention, make sure to get to Jeff's session at 1015. It's the YPM forum on chat GPT. Make sure to attend that here a little bit more. I'm excited to listen to Jeff and hear more and dive in about, you know, some specific ways that you've seen our realtors have success using this. But thanks so much for joining me for sharing a little bit more about you and your world and for joining us at convention. Thank you. I look forward to it. It's going to be a very real session. So I look forward to it. Thank you to the YPM Forum for sponsoring this session too. We appreciate you guys and appreciate you for bringing Jeff on. And to all of our listeners for tuning in, thank you guys so much. We'll be back with you next week. Thank you for listening to The Real View. That wraps up today's episode. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at ohiorealtors.org slash The Real View and on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Have questions, comments, or suggestions? We want to hear from you email us at podcast at ohiorealtors.org. We'll see you next time.